Welcome to From the Field to the Fans. I'm your host, Kisum uh, Ramirez. Joining me, assistant sports editor, Paul Livingood. We have all reliable managing editor, producer, extraordinaire, Imani McGarrell here, and also special guest, uh, Brandon Sams, opinions editor at the University Star. He's going to ask us a couple questions later on in the show for our From the Audience to the Fans segment. That, that should be fun. I think, that'll, I think it'll be well worth listening to, and it'll be non-football related. So that's there a nice go. little break from our analysis. But, Paul, coming off this 56-50 to 50 loss, how are you just in the swing of everything? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Just classes are a struggle. I go to class every day and just – Doing that, going to the press conference and going to practice, it, it gets a little busy sometimes, but I'm doing all right. I guess Texas State's defense is in a different class than they should be right now. To to kind of use the transition, I don't. I was struggling with that, you know, going to class, being busy. But it's a busy, important week for Texas State football. One and two, going to two and zero Houston on the road, pivotal non-conference game, also the last one of the season before they go to the conference season you go to Lafayette and you just get to the grind of it. What are we what are we looking for in this matchup? Um I I view this one as a must win. Um coach Fran, he's not really focused on being one and three versus two and two. He just said in the press conference that he wants to be one and oh um for this week. And he also but he he did also say when he talks to uh Larry Tice for the scheduling he was he would say, Larry, I, I wanna get out of conference at least two and two. So in the back of his mind, I'm sure. I mean, of course, you want to win and everything. So, but there's gonna, there's definitely a huge momentum difference going into conference play, especially against UL Lafayette as your first conference game, being one and three versus two and two. Um, so, I mean, this game is huge in terms of the momentum for the rest of the season. Just a different mindset. You're a two and two team versus a one and three team. Uh, that's tough to be, especially when you're you're ceiling. Honestly, if you lose four games, you're already knocking right at the door of not getting a bowl game. So you only have a couple losses to spare. This one against Houston, which could be a loss, would put them in a hole that they don't want to be in. Um, this Houston team, as we said earlier, two and zero overall, wins over Tennessee Tech, win over Louisville, thirty four thirty one, blocked uh, a field goal that would have tied the game, and that's a. Yes, Louisville hasn't won a game yet, but that's still Louisville Cardinal program. That's a good win regardless. Yeah, I was looking uh, at their stats, and, I mean, Louisville's had a tough year. Yeah. Um, they've lost every single game by single digits. The past two games against Houston and their most recent game against Clemson, they lost by field goal. So Louisville's – they're a good team. It's not like that they're a bad team, I mean, even though they're 0-3. Houston beat a good team. So that just speaks wonders to how talented this team is. Um, Houston has – votes in the coaches poll. I think they have 22. So they're just outside the break of the top 25. Um, this is a much different team than Texas State played in 2012 um, in their, which was their first uh, game as an FBS school. Um, they were 36 and a half point underdogs and somehow, some way under the lights in Houston found a way to pull it out, pull out an upset. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know if they're going to pull it off again, but I mean, they have the history of pulling off that magic. For all intents and purposes, this Houston team is in a different class than Southern Miss was, and that Southern Miss team put up 56 uh, last Ugh. week. It, this is a better team, especially offensively. They're 17th in scoring offense, averaging 43 points a game, and that's in the country, by the way, 17th in the country. And they're 17th in rushing offense, averaging 246 yards per game. Fran mm -hmm. said they're balanced. The receivers are talented. Mm -hmm. Greg Ward, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but the quarterback leads the team with rushing, just like Texas State's quarterback leads the team in rushing, yep. 199. Kenneth Farrow, 158. 
across the board, this offense is pretty potent, and I think it's an off like for a team that's already struggling. It's it, this is not the best team to see when you're already you know, allowed 160 on your 13 last week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, both teams are carried by their their high-powered, balanced offenses. Like you said, the ru- they average 246 rushing yards a game. They also pass for 295 and a half passing yards per game, which is 32nd in the nation. So I mean, you have that balance. The quarterback can either run, can beat you with his legs or in the air. Um, both teams are scoring. 43 points a game. So they're, Texas State and Houston are very similar in that in that respect. But where they differ is definitely the defense. Houston's defense is way, way better. I mean, you said – put it lightly. Texas State's defense like – you said there's like only two teams worse than Texas State's defense. And, and defensive efficiency, yeah. We're going to have a whole segment about this struggling defense. But uh, it's frustrating. Houston – Fran put it, they have a, they're multiple odd front teams, so they kind of mix up their fronts and they kind of mix up their mm-hmm. blitz packages. Kind of what we, kind of what Texas State does too. Um, they move around a lot. They just do a different lot of schemes, and it's worked out to where they're fourth in rushing defense in the country, allowing 46.7 yards a game. Only a 70 yes. against Louisville. Only 29 against Tennessee Tech. This is a stout running defense, and for Texas State, that can't defend the run, can't defend the pass, can't defend a human, can't defend aliens, can't defend dogs. They can't defend anyone with a pulse. It's 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 pretty concerning. Um, the defense, I want to save a little bit later because I have a lot to say about it. You wrote a whole column it. about it. I wrote it. a whole 900 words on this defense. I don't know if I jumped the gun, but I, there's a lot of concerns early on, at least, to see that I feel like are worth mentioning. But the similarities don't just extend from the players and, like, Jafis Gaines and Damon Mercer. They're from that area. Tim Gay, too. Yep. But we don't talk about this a lot in this podcast, but the coaching, too. Yes. The personnel. You even wrote in your preview. Yep. The coaching may matter more than usual just because you have Craig Navarre, uh, Navar actually, who coached, was a defensive coordinator here from 2011 to 2013. Jason Washington, who was the cornerbacks coach here last year, is now in Houston. And it goes both ways where Fran even said, I think I know what he wants and what they, they know yeah, each other. they got to adjust to each other and stuff like that. So, I mean, the, it's going to be a mind game for sure. That That's when I was saying that the coaching aspect of the game is going to be more important this time. That's what I meant by that is the, is the whole mind ch- the chess game in terms of coaching wise. Um, and then with the players, like obviously, like you said, Tim Gay, Mer- uh, Damon Mercer and J- Javis games. I went to Chavez high school, which is in Houston, right down the street from uh, the, the university itself. And so they know a couple guys on the team. And then I talked to uh, Damon Mercer at practice yesterday and he told me, he was like, yeah, I, I really want to show out in this game because obviously my, fa- my friends and family are going to be there, and I have the uh, friends on the other team that are there, so I want to, like, show out in front of them and, like, have bragging, uh, bragging rights in terms of, like, hi, I did better than you, or I, we beat you guys, or whatever. So it's there's definitely a sense of familiarity with this team, and that all that does is just laser focus. That's, that, that's what the biggest thing is, and that's what happened last time as I talked about in my preview. It's in their backyard, as yep, as Damon Mercer put it. Francioni said that, I mean, the part of the chess game, I, if you look at it, they closed practice to the public this week yeah. in part to kind of hide what they're going to do against Houston. And that, that doesn't come for no reason. It comes maybe because they just got shellacked by 56 points and yeah. they were just trying to find some new – going to the drawing board, as he put it, last mm-hmm. week. Also, some game, ins- game instruments there. They're, they don't want Houston to – if if there's any chance that they just dissect the playbook. They don't want anything that could come out there. True. So that's part of that. Interesting matchup just just because Houston 
lost to them in the last matchup. We talked about first win as a Division One program for Texas State yep. in 2012. Huge circumstances, a lot different from now, and they still won. So that'll be interesting. But I want to devote some time, too, to the quarterbacks. Always the most important part okay. of, the, uh, of, of the teams. And they're both pretty impressive just – from what Fran said and just from the stats say, both of them, in their own respect. Exactly. Um, both quarterbacks, I, th I think you had the stat there, uh, Greg Ward Jr. is first in the point. This this new stat that Keeson just told me about. This I points, got the stats for you. Points added via runs. Can you explain this to me? I don't understand. It's kind of like an algorithm that's it's really nerdy, but I enjoy it. It's run, run expected points added via the run, which is simply how many points did Greg Ward contribute via his rushing ability. And I like the stat more than like raw rushing yards because yeah. raw rushing yards can be influenced by garbage time. They can be influenced by a lot of different factors that don't actually come to the game. And what this stat tells me, he's first in the country in this, by the way, among quarterbacks. He is impacting the game in several ways, including his rushing yards. 11 and a half over two games is almost a touchdown per game just via his True. runs. Um, his total quarterback rating is 16th in Division One. So this is a guy through two games of their season, sample size, whatever, is one of the top it's 20 impressive. quarterbacks right now. So that just tells you that, once again, Texas State's facing a quarterback like Prairie View and like, well, not really Florida State, but that can influence both respects. And we've already talked about the dual threat, how that changes They've been the facing plan. dual threat, with exception to Nick Mullins from Southern Miss. This entire season they've had the threat of having a dual threat quarterback on the other side of the field. And I think that definitely weighs in on them, just because um, when when you're getting carved up in the past, you're like, okay, like you don't, you never know when the quarterback's just going to tuck it and go. I mean, that's what happened with Tyler Jones last game. That um, Fran said that uh, one of one of his big runs was a called drop back pass play, and he just saw the space and he just took off with it and he scored a, a long touchdown run with it. So with dual, with dual threat quarterbacks, you have that that threat and that possibility of that happening, and so. He's he's gonna have a, a huge impact on the game for for that regard in that regard. Jones himself is no slouch. Seven points added via the run, tenth in division one, so he's only nine spots back. His uh total quarterback rating, which is seventy five, is thirty third. All intents and purposes, one the second best best quarterback in the Sunbelt Conference. One of the best he's quarterbacks. Solid right now. Yeah, one of the best quarterbacks I think that a lot of people don't know. Um, and that will True. be interesting to see both of them firing on all cylinders and whoever kind of outdoes the other one. Maybe, I mean, I think Greg Ward has some more leeway because his defense is better. True. So Tal Jones yeah. probably needs to outplay him a little bit more. But that's something I'm going to be looking for. But we've kind of beat around the bush a little bit for something I want to talk about because I just wrote this, not scathing column, but I wrote an analytical, in-depth column uh, about I the think defense. You, you tore him up a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Can this defense bounce back from what a performance that was just terrible? Uh, ever, ever I don't know. Like this, the thing that, in terms of bouncing back, a big thing and accomplishing that is having a defense that's mature enough to to do something like that. This defense, for the most part, if you take it as a whole, is very young. It's filled with like sophomores and some juniors, but then like I think the only seniors are David Mims, and then you have. Demani, Trey McGowan, right? uh, Damani is one. So they have like a veteran secondary, with the exception of Brandon McDowell. But as if when you take the defense as a unit, it's very inexperienced, very young, and so they they could like I'm trying to think of how to say it. 
if they were playing really well, then that would ride on to do extremely high potential. But since they're playing so badly, it's the exact opposite. They, they're they going to crush themselves and stuff like that. So I would be surprised if they bounced back against Houston, which is a much, much better team than Southern Miss, and showed up versus them. But, I mean, last year it was the same thing. The defense is very inconsistent. Like, they all year long they were – terrible at, at best and then they go out against Georgia Southern the best team in sub conference and they hold the highest rushing team in the in the nation that year to like 150 rushing yards or something whatever it was it was way below their average so I mean do they have it I, I don't know I just I'm, I'm waiting to watch and see I have a lot of stats for the thousands of viewers out there that, oh, are, yes. that are tuning in right as soon Throw as them out there, looking at our SoundCloud and going, where is this from the Field of the Fans podcast? It's 9.30 on a Thursday. It's not up. But this is, this is for them. 122nd in total defense. That's not good. 122nd in passing That's defense. That's also not good. Tied for 102nd in rushing defense. 122nd in scoring defense. That's Texas State's ranks and four of the major five. And if you're going, well, they played Florida State and they had a good non-conference schedule more than last year, I have another stat for you just so you can see the context. When you adjust for strength of schedule, which is including how good Florida State is, Texas State is 126 in defensive efficiency. So only two teams in the entire country, the entire United States of A, are worse than Texas State in defense, and that'd be Idaho and Wyoming. That's it. Texas State is just on another platform. And I felt like this was enough to write a column about. Ooh. Also, you talked about last year. Through three games last year, the defense had allowed 77 points and 1,169 yards. That was three games last year. That's not – Is that non-conference, the yeah, non-conference no, schedule last year? Through three games last year, through three games this year. Okay. This year, 139 points, which is almost double from last year. That's a lot. <laughs> and, uh, and 1,651 yards. It's – you, you can slice it whatever way. Like, you can look at it in so many different angles. There's not a stat out there that will tell you that Texas State's defense is playing well. Um, I don't know. It, it, Franz talked about it. Poor effort. Missed tackles. Missed tackles. Just, oh, my Lord. Just poor, like, form on the tackles. Like, they can't he tackle even said you that, like, sometimes. He, he said in the press conference that there was a few times where his guys dropped their heads when they were tackling, which is, like, the absolute most no-no thing. Like, you're – Technique-wise, you're never supposed to do because, one, you could injure yourself very badly, and, two, that's just poor form and poor technique. So, I mean, the fact that he mentioned that he noticed that, like, that's that's concerning and alarming for me as, like, watching it. I'm not writing them off and saying this is a terrible top ten worst defense, but the numbers don't lie in this context, and it's going to be interesting to see if they prove me wrong or prove the stats wrong. I, and that, wrong. I think there's no way to go but up, honestly, because I don't think they'll be this worse. Well, I mean, if you're the third worst defense in the, in the I, country, there is no where to go but up. Unless you just drop down two spots. The thing that Fran said, which is half the battle, they're not the veteran players that have been here longer are not skirting responsibility. They're not, they're not shying away from the fact that these numbers tell the whole story. And I think there is room for some bounce back. I'm not going to be totally pessimistic, but it's concerning nonetheless. Um, and I think if the defense does literally anything against Southern Miss or does a little bit against Houston, this could be a game. If not, this is not yeah, a game. If the, I, I feel like if, if the defense found a way to get a takeaway or two, I mean, they, they have been doing well in terms of getting fumble recoveries. And so, but, I mean, if they can get, like, costly turnovers at, at an at a opportune time, in the game, I mean, that could be the difference in winning and losing. For the game, 
matchup to watch? What, what are you looking at for this game that could be pivotal? Okay, so I I'm, I know I, I said this last week, but this week, it, it again, it has to do with the fact that Houston's rushing defense is just that good. But I'm going to go with the Texas State run game versus the Houston front seven. That's what I did last week, the Texas State run game versus Southern Miss's front seven. But anyway, um, like I said, Houston only allows 49.5 rushing yards per game. Like, it's fourth in the nation. They only allowed Clemson to get 19 rushing yards, 19 on 20 carries. That's that's absolutely absurd. And so, uh, they like we said, they held Louisville to 70 rushing yards, which is a team that ran for 238 and three touchdowns against Auburn. So, I mean, the this Houston de- this Houston rush defense is the truth. And Texas, I mean, if Texas State doesn't get – that's something that Texas State does well is, like, you have Tyler Jones and you have Chris Nuttall and you have Robert Lowe, the three-headed monster that Texas State throws at the other defense. If they can't find a way to get downfield, then I've, Texas State's going to be in trouble. That three-headed running game has been a little disappointing if you look at just the running backs. Tyler Jones still leads the team in rushing. I don't know if you want yeah, that. I don't. Yeah, I mean, but doesn't Greg Ward? He he leads their their team in rushing too. So I mean, it's kind of a yeah. It's a toss up. I, I just mean, don't know if you want your quarterback to be your leading rusher most times. It's nice because yeah, it shows that. But sometimes yeah. it's also a case of are your running backs doing a lot? I don't know. Um, me, the matchup I'm watching is just Greg Ward versus Tyler Jones. Um, quarterback man yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to be quarterback man but I the think for this one they're just playing so well and they're playing almost at the height of their games coming into this big showdown non-conference wise and there could be fireworks from both yeah. parts Greg Ward hasn't shied around Tyler Jones nearly got his team from two double digit deficits he's not messing around either yeah that's going to be fun to watch Expect just see shootout. them doing their possibly honestly probably yeah. just because the Texas State defense if they're going to win a game in the spread college whatever landscape it's yeah. going to be with a lot of points but that's our hard football analysis we'll take a little break for a little bit because we're gonna we're gonna shift a little bit over uh we have brandon sams here opinions editor at the university star for our from the audience to the fan segment he's going to ask us two non-football related questions that we hopefully will answer for him well hello everyone um i don't know if they're going to be non-football related but my first question is what's your most memorable moment with the team most memorable moment with the team. That's interesting. Um, I guess for me, mine would be the very, uh, the Prairie View A&M game just because it was the first game that I ever covered. And so going up in the press box and doing all that, that was my most memorable moment. As I mean, I guess that's not really with the team. That's with watching the team. So I guess Same thing. Same thing. Okay, that's what I'll go with then. Mine would be the, the spring game from last year. It was Maroon Gold. It was down at the end. I'm in the press box, so I go down to the field with about three or four minutes, and the game's going to end. I'm waiting for I'm on the sidelines. I'm on the sidelines, which is like I'm like 10 feet away, and the game ends on like a Hail Mary at the last second. The guy catches it, and they win on that one play. It's crazy. Everyone's going crazy. Everyone's running around the field. Well, I'm on the field too. So Connor White and a couple other football players start running and celebrating because they won the game, and they come bum-rushing at me, and I'm all 5 of 6, 170 on a good day, 180 if I ate a lot of Taco Bell that day. And I uh, was pushed around for five yards. Like they, I was in a bum rush, and I couldn't get out. And it's on video, too. It's kind of funny. On YouTube, you see a guy with a little red shirt. It's me so getting that's you. pushed. <laughs> and to my credit, I did not fall. I stood up, 
and that just proves that I can't be tackled by football players. I'm, I, maybe I should just play football myself. That's what I took that's, away from that. That might be another knock on Texas State defense not be able to tackle <laughs> you. But I mean, you know, I'm pretty tough to tackle. They call me the bowling ball for a reason at the um, University Star. Uh, I don't um, know if we call you that. Because they just run in. They can't stop me. You get a full head of steam. You can't stop me. So that was fun. I think it was just crazy. I was just lucky. I was scared because I had my backpack. Didn't have my backpack zipped. So I could have dropped my computer and it could have got trampled. And there's a huge investment. <laughs> so I was, it, was, it was pretty memorable to say the least. Okay, interesting answers. <laughs> so for my second question, um, there's been, I mean, this sounds like a very scathing review. So if there was, what's the one song that you think epitomizes Texas State football. Uh, and Keisha, I'm going to let you take this one. You're the more music savvy person than me, so I'm going to let you t- I'm going to think about this for a second. That's a tough one cuz actually it's a good segue to our other segment that's coming up. Ooh. Um hmm, I'm trying to think of a Kanye song cuz yeah, that's I know, what I, I know think. You are. Um I don't know, like it's it's very hard to think about I, I would think of just a song that epitomizes just that's a good, losing. That's a good question. I did not <laughs> anticipate that. I'm going <laughs> to anticipate losing? No, 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 no. Because um, that's what they've been doing this whole season. Okay, two games out of three. The only yeah. team that they beat was the FCS opponent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go Can't Tell Me Nothing, Kanye West, because they can't tell us nothing. I mean, they we – Bowl eligible in two consecutive years, and they were right there, and they didn't get it. And the way Texas State is pr- approaching oh it is like they can't tell us nothing. We're bowl eligible. We're gonna get it next year. And it seems like they're not really taking what the consensus is saying, and they're just being themselves and be and doing them, I guess, so to speak. I'd go. Can't tell me nothing. Can't tell me. Nothing. I mean, there's so many other songs. It's so hard. That's a good question. See, my problem is, is I'm not very music savvy, so I don't do really, anything. Um, can't escape this question. Let me think. I, I'm going to go with, um, gosh, I wish that, like, I wish I could go with We Are the Champions, but I don't, I don't think no. that's going to happen. So that's something easy, but that's the complete opposite of, like, if there was the opposite version of that song, that's what I would go we could, with. We could do Power. Power, that works. I don't know why. We'll just another because, Kanye song. Yeah, just Mr. Kanye. But there you go. Keep Kanye in the podcast. It's a good question. It's a good question around. Thank you, Brandon. That was probably the toughest question I've been asked yet. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So that one had that one made me think a little bit. That one was took a lot of mental strain strain on it. Th- thank you, Brandon. That was you you, you killed it again. Um, and that that's a good that's a good segue too because we're gonna do this fun slash dumb slash annoying slash embarrassing segment. Let's hear this rap called "It's a Rap." And what this is is where I'm gonna rap a little bit. I kind of stole Kanye's "Can't Tell Me Nothing" for this one about Texas State football. If Paul could dro- drop a beat or drop the drum war oh, or something, or I like, don't know if I can I'm gonna be, that. I'm gonna embarrass myself in front of the thousands of listeners that we get every week. You can't so. go acapella. No, no. Ah, oh, man, I'm just, this is embarrassing already. Okay. <laughs> so, do you want me to drop a beat or no? Just, just go. I'm just gonna start. I'm just gonna okay, start. Okay, just go. All right, all right. Here we go. Man, I'm, I'm just, I'm clearing my breath. I'm a certified rapper. And, uh, I'm going to go, la, la, la. Wait till I get my defense right. And then you go, oh. Okay. Oh. I had a dream I could defend the Cougars' offense. When I woke up, I was still on the fence. Oh. I told God I'd be back after Saturday night. Man, it's so hard to defend teams all right. Oh. And that, 
Oh, that's actually it. But uh, I'm just like, and then see? the song keeps yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, you know, too much is given, much is tested. I get arrested until we lose to the Cougar, or something like that. You know, I just stopped after Ooh, that. Going freestyle yeah, on this a little bit. Yeah, okay. you know, so. That's gonna be another segment. Our uh, manager Imani is shaking her head so hard right this now. She's off. trying so hard not to lose it. This is very unprofessional that she's in the studio oh right my. now. We're just trying to do our jobs and be journalists. But that's gonna be something to look forward <laughs> to. We're just trying to break up the football analysis because that's what we do here. Um, well, that was fun. Prediction time. Let's get back to it. Okay. One bold prediction and the score prediction. My bold prediction is that Texas State will run for at least 150 yards against that stagnant Houston defense. Kyle Jones will go for 149. <laughs> uh, I mean, but still. It still counts. I mean, yeah. I mean, if Tyler Jones goes for 149, there's surely to be another 60 or 70 from My bold prediction is that Texas State's defense is going to tackle someone at least once. See, that's just disrespectful. <laughs> okay. But uh, – I mean, but it is bold at the I, same time. I think bold – is bold allowing less than 50 points? Is that bold? No, right? For this defense, yes. All right, I'll go with that. What's your score prediction? My score – well, my score prediction uh, trumps your bold prediction with 50 points. I say that Houston is going to win 55 to 38. 55 30, Wow, 55. Hmm. It's another 55 point allowing for Houston. I'm going to go Houston wins 45-28. Texas State goes 1-3 and three heading into their open week. Yep. And another huge week against Lafayette, Lafayette. after that. <laughs> and if you start 1-4, and four, I don't really know. That means that, seven wins in a row to get eight. And that's, that's a hard I think hard, that tall if, they, if they lose this game, they might go in a spiral and they'll probably lose to Lafayette. And then South Alabama has been a really tough game the past two years. And then after that, they have Georgia Southern. Those are the next three after that. So, I mean, they could if they lose this game, they could easily lose the next three after that and go, what would that be, one and six? One and six. That's so bad. I don't think that will happen. But Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Um, just looking forward to driving down to Houston and uh, covering this game. This will be the first time that I've covered a game at some someone else's university or at another university that I don't attend and uh, cover a football game there. So, I'm excited for that um, and just kind of – Anxious and excited to see how Texas State plays in that game. That Houston Stadium, it, it gets pretty live at the Taco Bell, which is right around this corner, around 9:30 on Fridays. I would know. I wrote a recap during there. It was pretty, pretty. You wrote a recap there. in Taco Bell at, at the Taco Bell parking lot. Oh, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, okay. I had to get that Wi-Fi. So that's oh, what I'm looking goodness. forward to. I don't think that'll happen again. But just in case, I know where Taco Bell's at. We can get the recap. We can get done. the recap done. We there. can get our jobs, and we can. And leave we can get early. some delicious food. Yeah. Actually, it closed at 9, Talk which is very disappointing. Talk about this podcast because we talk one, about them so much. <laughs> that Houston one closed too early. I was, that was not ideal. <laughs> um, but I think that's our show for today. All right. For Paul Livingood, for Imani McGarrell, for Brandon Sams, I'm Kisem Ramirez. Peace out.